0: This episode of The Tome Show is brought to you by Noble Knight, where print is available again. Listeners like you, thanks for using The Tome's Amazon and DM's Guild affiliate links, and our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash thetomeshow. Welcome to The Tome Book Club for June of 2019. The Tome is a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome host, Tracy Hurley.
1: And I'm your co-host, Jeff Greiner. In each book club episode, we discuss one D&D related book, spoilers be damned in a full book club style. And our book this time around is Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. Next episode, we're going to be reading Star Wars Aftermath Empire's End by Chuck Wendig because we decided it was time to go ahead and wrap up that trilogy uh, and see how it all wraps up.
0: Yep. And with us as always is Eric Paquette. Hi, Eric. Hello, bonjour. How are you
1: guys? Uh, ça va bien. C'est bon à entendre. It's good to, know. It's good to know. here <laughs> say, I say I I can pretty much say hi and like where's the bathroom. So, <laughs> which is very important when you're traveling <laughs> Europe. I guess yes. yes. <laughs> it's been twenty years since I took French, so. <laughs>
0: Uh, we're about to talk about Norse mythology as the author Neil Gaiman explains it. He was a fan of Norse myth largely due to reading Thor comics back in the day. As he learned more, he decided it would be fun and useful if there was a collection of Norse mythology that told the story in a complete but easily readable way. And so, to those ends, he wrote this book, a collection of stories dealing with a stripped down, sleek, and easy to read about Norse mythology.
1: But before we dive into the book, I should mention our sponsor, Noble Knight. They are a game store that specializes in finding out-of-print products while still carrying the latest and greatest. And my pick for this month is uh midgard the world book by kobold press midgard is a DD setting that is rich in detail and full of inspiration from lots of different sources but part of the uh inspiration is elements of norse mythology that make it in which makes sense in a setting called midgard uh that is also a flat earth surrounded by a world serpent sort of like norse mythology uh so if the book that we're discussing in this episode inspires you and you decide you want to find out a way to uh, incorporate some more Norse mythology-like stories into your into your world, into your game. Check out the Midgard World Book at Noble Knight. It is uh, usually running for about $50, but they have it right now for either $35 or $40, depending on if you want a used copy or a brand new one. Uh, and when you go there, make sure you tell them that the Tome Show sent you. Noble Knight is a long-standing game store specializing in finding out-of-print games while also offering the newest great releases.
0: Including D&D?
1: They got it from any edition. That's right, all of them.
0: What if I want a board game? Card game minis or dice?
1: Noble Knight has it all and at a discounted price. In fact, Noble Knight has over 30,000 unique items on stock. And you know you can trust this Better Business Bureau accredited store with a satisfaction guarantee.
0: Yeah, but I've bought too many things over the years. How can I justify spending even more?
1: Good thing we're talking about Noble Knight, then. They'll buy your old gaming things and offer you cash or trade, so you'll be able to keep up with all the great gaming stuff you want. Check them out at noblenight.com.
0: Wow, I'll go today!
1: And be sure to tell them the Tome Show sent you. All right, so... The book for this month is Norse Mythology. Uh, we usually make Eric explain a little bit about the story, so go ahead, Eric. Well, Norse
2: Mythology is all about the the, uh, the old Edda, about the Norse gods. You're, they're talking about Odin, uh, Thor, Loki, Loki's children. Well, and basically having a bunch of small stories that are taking place in there uh, coming from the start of the beginning of the creation of the world to the far future where uh, prophecy of Ragnarok and
1: the end of the gods will
2: happen when the world will be destroyed and then a new world will come about.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like like it hits a lot of the, the mythology highlights, right? It's sort of a... How does this all begin? You know, where do the gods, some of the more iconic gods get all of their sort of iconic equipment or, or you know, steeds or whatever? Um, wh- and then how does it all end? With a few other things thrown in there, like uh, where did poetry come from and, and all that, right? Yeah. Which I thought was an a author, particularly fun story, but yeah. An
0: author include the origin of poetry and a book about mythology. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and uh, it was also interesting because it's not just the gods, it's the giants and dwarves.
1: Yeah, and they also make a point um, that in Norse mythology, there's there's more than one type of god, right? There's the, Was it the Aesir and the Vanir or something like that? Yeah, the...
2: It was the,
1: yeah, the and the, yeah. See Eric can uh, reference things. He has the book in front yeah. of us. Tracy and yeah, I listened no. to it.
0: <laughs> but we got to listen to Neil Gaiman, right?
1: We did. Yeah. The I found the the Norse myths, like the gods of Norse myth, to be, if anything, even more like fallible and and less godlike than I am used to from you know Greek or Roman myth even you know where where there are they they're legendary if you will in, in their fallibility uh, but I almost like was reading this and thinking to myself you know with the right setup this could totally be just a DD party like they could you could do a D&D party of Norse gods uh, and just have you know mortals who are significantly weaker but there were also like you know they would run into giants or whatever and it'd be like oh hey this thing is kicking my butt which you wouldn't expect it in a in a fight between a god and a giant
0: yeah
1: you know i i fully felt for many of these shorts because there are basically
2: a bunch of short stories right. uh short stories were basically small scenarios that you can easily grab and bring like the one about getting the big cold run from uh the king of giants so they can create lots and lots of ale you could easily do that for an adventuring group that hey look you need to go get that to please this individual and as you go on a little small quest to go get it and suddenly you wind up in a, on a fishing trip
1: <laughs> so or I like the one um what was it Thor Loki and another one of the gods um we going I, I forget what they were even going off for it was one of the late, later stories but they ran into a a giant who it turned out wasn't really a giant right and uh the giant like um was testing them like you know everybody here can do something really really well and is really special what are you guys good at right and so one of them was like, "Oh, I I can eat more than anybody," and so said, "Okay, well here's my servant. If you can't eat faster and more than my servant, then um, then you're not really that big of an eater as you say you are." And so they'd have a an eating contest, and and um, the god I think it was Loki finished first, um, and then but but the servant uh, also ate like the table and the bones also. Right. And, and Thor was, you know, a, a legendary drinker. So here's, here's my, my horn of ale drink the entire horn of ale. Cause everybody here can pretty much finish the whole thing in one or two drinks. Uh, and so Thor was drinking and drinking and drinking and like crazy, uh, and only getting like an inch, down off of off of the the ale horn. um you know and then at the end you, you're like oh well that's because ha, ha ha i'm not really a giant and i was using magic and illusion to trick you and my servant is actually the living like embodiment of fire and that's why it was able to eat everything uh and you weren't and uh what you didn't know about my alehorn is that at the bottom it's actually connected to the oceans themselves. And so it's really freaked us out when you when you managed to lower it an inch because that created the tides and and we didn't we made you stop for fear that the oceans would dry up and um you know uh I found those kinds of stories to be really fun, you know?
0: Yeah, and a little bit to the um along the lines of that same story, uh during the way there, that was the one on the way there that he also had uh, the giant he had interacted with and did some bad, potentially bad things, too. And it was, like, the origin for why there was a valley somewhere.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he was just, like, at one point he the, they met that giant and, uh, what was it, the giant was, like, sleeping or whatever. And so Thor just, like, smacking it with with Mjolnir, his hammer, as hard oh, as he, he could.
0: He was snoring. Yeah. And... And he had offered, the giant had offered to carry all the provisions, so they're in his sack, but none of them could open the sack, and they couldn't wake the giant out right. to open the sack for them, so that's what he was trying to do.
1: So Thor was just beating the crap out of this giant who, who didn't even feel it, right?
0: Right. And it's because at one point he substituted a mountain for himself.
1: Right, and 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 thus the, the, the valley was created. Yeah yeah no there there were some crazy stories like that I, I I rather enjoyed um digging into these stories and 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 honestly then I would talk you know i then I'd read comics or watch cartoons or movies about the Avengers and whatever with my kids and be like oh hey let me tell you about hell and how she's not really you know Odin's daughter <laughs> you know because <laughs> uh, that was all well and and Loki isn't isn't Odin's son is he as I recall. I mean, even adopted, like he is in the comics. From what I remember, he is still a uh, uh, part of... Uh, he was part giant. Yeah, no, he's still part giant. I just don't think he was...
0: I think oh... he's considered, like, a brother Yeah, to he, Odin. he
1: was, like, uh, in age-wise, he was equal to Odin, not to Thor.
2: Yeah, he's yeah, he's Odin's blood brother. Yeah. He was a son of Lofe. Yeah,
1: was, so. so. I mean, the then, the Loki story is was really interesting to me because it's significantly different than what I was used to to hearing and seeing in you know from the Marvel universe.
0: And then, speaking of Avengers and Marvel universe, is it just me or did it sound like when he did the voice for Thor? that it was more reminiscent of
1: the movie. Oh, was he trying to imitate, uh, was it Chris Hemsworth?
0: It just felt like it, but I don't know <laughs> for sure.
1: It could be, I don't
2: know. Hmm. What When I was reading it, I was imagining Thor and Loki based off a bit of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe characters.
1: I mean, I got to be honest, that's probably how I pictured him too, right? but that's because that's how we've been picturing them. At least I've been picturing them for
2: decades. Uh, From time to time, for some of the characters, I was picturing them based on the characters in the TV show, Almighty Johnson's, which is a TV show where what if the Norse mythologist was reincarnated into people living in New Zealand. Okay. It's a hilarious show. If anybody Uh wants to go, go send It's fun.
1: Cool. i will have to check that out. I tell you, though, one of the things that that really inspired me in the stories um, is I'm going to totally steal um, Thor's goats and give them out as a magic item. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. i enjoyed the 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 bit where uh what thor and i forget even who his companion was at that point uh but they were what was some farmers or whatever and the farmer's are like oh we're so grateful and and whatever and he's like great what are you gonna feed us tonight and they're like oh we don't have any meat and he's like all right here kill my goats but don't eat the bones don't mess with the bones right um and then of course they ended up somebody ended up munching on a bone and whatever and then it turns out uh when they were done eating he just took the goat's skin and threw the bones inside and and poof the goats came back right yeah and that sounded like no oh, go ahead
0: i was just gonna say it's not that they just happened to have broken the bone yeah no that it's was a low key key thing right had tempted them and said the boy and said you know he always keeps it for himself and that's why he's so big and strong so like what would happen if you had some of the marrow yeah which would require breaking the bone to get to uh but yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt the rest of the story
1: no i was just gonna say that that sounds like the the kind of fun like crazy magic item i could throw at a party and it's really not game breaking like hey you've got these goats that keep coming back over and over again yeah. you know and you know they can pull your sleigh or whatever <laughs> you know? yeah
0: and and that was funny because the then the boy ended up going with him on some adventures right after that.
1: That yeah, maybe. Uh it's a lot of stories, so it's really hard to mm. keep to keep it straight in my head now.
0: Right. Mm. Yeah, I was definitely having that problem because I was listening in particular near the mm. end of it cuz I was just like, wait, this is now the x number of stories and mm. You know, ten times the number of characters, and I'm just a little lost.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, other than, than the ones, the characters I already kind of knew, I kind of didn't really keep track of most of the other ones, right? Like, I know, I know a good number of the the um, the B list characters, but like, um, who was the really pretty god? Uh, was um, that Baldur? Balder? Yeah. yeah. So, so that's one of the ones that kind of slipped in and out and there were a few others that that didn't stick with me real strongly but like i know uh was it finrir the dog and tear and and I, I know i'm sort of to that level right um but but go much lower than that in terms of norse gods and and i lose track of them pretty quick
0: yeah and there were some cool vignettes i know we already talked about a few but uh talking about the really pretty god the picking of a spouse by their feet Oh yes, because they had just held up the curtain and uh, let her pick the, pick her spouse that way.
1: Because yeah, because probably... yeah, they, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say because because she was gonna she was supposed to be able to pick her her husband or whatever among the Aesir, which are the 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 gods of of Odin and Thor and all them, and uh, she wanted Balder, but they didn't want. The, her to take Baldur because he's, you know, the prettiest of them all. And so they made her pick by the feet and it turned out some other God has prettier feet than Balder, <laughs> you know? And then she kind of ended up being okay with it. Like she shows up again later and and they're together and things are okay. You know? Yeah. I particularly so, like. oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say one thing I wanted to talk about, didn't necessarily have to do with the stories itself, but the um, opening and mm-hmm. where, uh, where Neil talked, talks about you know north mythology and in part that there's a lot that we know we don't have Mm -hmm. and and have lost their time and sometimes it's just that particular book maybe didn't get saved but also um there's kind of like the selectivity that sometimes happens through time as to which stories we decide to keep and i thought that was really interesting to, to to bring up in the at the beginning of this book
1: yeah did he talk about how he chose the stories that he chose or are we sort of left to guess do you remember i
0: can't i can't remember that part either
1: Hmm.
0: um but i do know there were stories he wished he could tell he wishes he could tell but um i think in particular there's a female god with who began with letter a but he just hmm. there's the stories aren't recorded. We know that there used to be stories, but sure. we don't know what they are.
1: Well, and it's not entirely, uh, you know, his fault. But of course, the the Norse mythologies tend to be very male centric, right?
0: Well, I think that's what he was kind of bringing up. Right. Was were they originally, or is that just what we is have that left? Is that just what
1: we still have? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the the
2: culture because it's basically whatever was kept from over time that that we have. So it's hard to say if we have, since some of the stories, if he knows, they, the Norse mythology have some very strong, powerful female characters that mm. are wise and smart. I mean, Freya was knowing that, not trusting what Loki was saying about the wedding, Yet all the men gods believe
1: Loki. And and that wound up not too going too well. Sure. So. Um I sometimes I listen to or I read Neil Gaiman books and I and I, I can like I can picture the process by which this happens, right? Like um especially surrounding uh what is an American gods and a Nazi boys. Like I could totally see Neil Gaiman being like, man, you know I did all of this research on Norse mythology for uh, American gods. I feel like I should do something with that and he got another book out of it you know <laughs> uh, I think of it like because uh, you know I'm in that I'm in that headspace right now with with academics and, and college professors and whatever it's like a lot of times they'll do one piece of research and then try to get three or four publications out of it. Uh, by breaking it up in different ways or whatever, and so I feel like that's something that he did here. And in the same way that, like, when we read Anansi Boys, um, one of the things that occurred to me is like, oh, there's not a really important reason this has to happen. This this conclusion has to happen in this tropical island in the Caribbean. I bet this was his exce- excuse for going on vacation and writing it off as a as a tax, you know, as as a work uh, uh, expense, you know. <laughs> so it's research. Yeah. So Neil Gaiman makes me think, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm peeking behind their curtain. I can see why he, why he's doing what he's doing.
2: But also part of it too, is he did his research because he was interested in the subject. Oh, as sure. he mentioned it. He wouldn't know, but once he had it, like might as well just share,
1: share yeah, his know.
2: love for it. Share those in a way that he can. And,
1: yeah. I wouldn't disparage him for doing it. It's a, I think it's yeah. a smart way of going about things, right? Yeah. Um, Any other vignettes or stories that you guys found particularly interesting or or worth sharing?
2: Well, as I said, one thing I liked also is the fact that the whole Ragnarok where, yes, it's the end of the gods and of the world, but they still still end up at the end showing that, no, this is not the fully end. There's a new world that comes afterwards with new gods that are going to come in. So... Which I'm sort of, so which sort of begs
1: the question, right? Like, how many Ragnaroks have there been? Yeah. You know, because it, it shows that the end of the world is not really the end of the world. It's just the end of these gods, and then it starts over, and, and we do it again. It's just a cycle. Yeah. And I would argue that the Marvel Universe has played with that a little bit, too, right? That's sort of what happens in Thor Ragnarok, is that, you know, Asgard is destroyed, and the gods are are gone, Except Thor, who then you know goes on to become the new All Father, and even gets you know his eye taken out and kind of looks like Odin. Spoilers. <laughs> I suppose that's that's a few years ago now, right? <laughs> it was last year. Ragnarok. Yeah. So Ragnarok was last year. Okay, so. Well, there we are. That's
2: that's fine. <laughs> remember, remember, spoilers be damned. That's right, that's right. And
0: not Although, even just about the book. <laughs> apparently.
2: <laughs>
0: we'll um, spoil the universe.
1: But I, 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 there were two other vignettes, uh, stories that I liked. And, and you talked about the Ragnarok piece. And the one that led right into that was um, the one where the gods are finally like, okay, we're sick of Loki. Um, and so, but but there was this like, Deal that he made with Odin way back in the day that no, you know, that, that nobody in, in Asgard would ever like kill him. Yes. So his blood brothers. Yeah. So the solution was, well, we're just going to poison him. And his wife's going to be there and constantly refeeding him the poison. And every time he drinks the poison, uh, he's incapacitated, but his body, like, shudders and he's buried way down under the ground. And so his body shuddering whenever he was taking the poison uh, was the explanation for earthquakes, right? Yeah. And then the other story I liked was the poetry one that we kind of touched on before, except I particularly probably because it's gross and i was traveling with my with my uh 13 year old at the time and i got to tell him about it and so it was funny uh is that when was it's odin right when odin escapes uh so he is he what they, they get the the magic ale or whatever the ale of poetry or whatever it is right uh and so he drinks it all in order to escape with it uh and, and then, you know, the idea is fly back to, to Asgard and sort of belch it back out and everybody can then drink the ale forever and have poetry. Except while he was escaping, he farted and a bunch of the ale escaped when he farted and, and splashed the guy that was chasing him in the face. And that became the origin of bad poetry. So, <laughs> so if you are a bad poet, it's because you've been drinking from the ale that came out of Odin's ass. That's perfect for thirteen yeah. year old humor. It is. <laughs> yes. Those those uh Vikings, right? They they were all about the the, the fart jokes, right?
0: <laughs> the many jokes, the yes. Thor eats all the food jokes.
1: Oh. So, what hmm. about you guys? I, I've shared like three three particular stories that I liked, uh, and and Eric, I guess you talked about Ragnarok a bit. What you guys, what did you guys enjoy? Uh, what were your some of your favorite moments in the story? But that, yeah,
2: I I liked when uh, the fishing the one with the Fission expedition, right, which I mentioned it, was where basically Thor and Tyr go to see uh, Tyr's father, who is the king of giants, but they has they have to hide who Thor is because Their's father doesn't doesn't like Thor. Mm. But uh so he has another name, uh I Vior, I believe. But anyways, I like that at the end when after coming back from legal fishing, they f uh and the this the the Midgar Serpent surfaces there and uh, uh Thor wrestles with it. But I, right. I, especially, I especially like at the end when uh, they're talking about uh, the, the the mug that cannot be broken. And uh, uh, so the, the king of the giant says, says to Thor that he will give the big cauldron if he can break the, the mug. And he tries, he can't. Till uh, Tyr's mother suggests that... Uh, the giant's head is very, very tough, and does right. it can not break anything. So basically, what Thor does is he slams the the king of the giants' head onto the uh, the mug and does breaks and it. Breaks and, it. Yeah, does he was able to get the big, huge Holdren. Uh, See, for the ale.
1: you like that part, but the the part of that story I liked was the bit about the going fishing because. Um, he uses it as his cover. Like he, uh, the, the giant, the, the giant guy's like, Hey, I hear you. You're good at fishing. Let's go fishing. And Thor's like, Oh yeah, I'm a great fisherman. I'm the best fisherman ever. Blah, blah, blah. Right. He, cause he can't help but brag. Yeah. And meanwhile, Thor's like, wait a minute. I've never been fishing before. Like Thor doesn't know how to fish, <laughs> and, but he just sort of assumes. Yeah, but I'm Thor. Certainly I'll be fantastic at it. Right. Yeah. Because I'm Thor. <laughs>
2: That was a good part also of that story. It yeah. was fun. It was hilarious. And yet he kind of pulled it off though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah.
1: Because he I guess of, he's Thor.
2: <laughs> yes. He kind of scared the uh, King of the Giants when he was grabbing Time the, uh, the Midgar serpent, and trying to bring it off. He said, and a, and a, The King of the Giants says, Whoa, 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 there, don't bring that in. <laughs> hey. That's way too dangerous. But No, Thor
1: would just wanted to have it. Thor's going for it because nothing <laughs> yep. scares Thor. Nope. <laughs>
0: um, and the one ones I liked you briefly mentioned, which is how the various gods got some of the various gods got their iconic mm-hmm. items, and that was because uh, Loki, being Loki, somehow got uh, Thor's wife's hair was
1: gone.
0: Yeah, it was Sif. <laughs> yeah,
1: Sif. Who had the and, most um, beautiful hair in in, in Asgard, right?
0: Right, and on top of it, and this is something that's been true um, in some cultures for a long time, is if a woman was missing her hair, it was often because it was a punishment. And so right. everyone they were afraid that the, everyone was going to think this was part of a punishment, so of course Thor tells Loki, you've got to fix this. So mm. the way Loki decides to go and fix this, is to convince dwarves to go into uh, a con, uh, two groups of dwarves to go into a contest to create these things. One of which is Sif's new hair. Right. Uh, and so the first, the first group uh, duo of dwarves he goes to is like totally. He just says this the other group says that they're better than you you know and they're making a bunch of stuff for us but i I, you know i think if you made some stuff we'd like to have a contest here and see who wins and then they bought it right away then he goes to the other group and says the the first group is is challenging kind of like you do a contest and they're like "Mm, i don't know loki sounds like a like sounds like you're making this up and you have you have a vested interest in this he's like no 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 so they uh, the wager is if they win, they get Loki's head.
1: <laughs> right. So
0: now Loki needs to make the first group win. Right. And he does all of these things to try to make it so that the second group doesn't make the best items uh, and everything. And I thought that was really great. But my well, mostly, favorite part mostly is... Mostly he
1: keeps messing with the brother who's at the bellows, right?
0: Right. With the, When he's like this big fly and he's trying to to really bite him and draw blood and everything. And the brother is just too good for that. Right. Except for the very end when they're making uh, Thor's hammer, and he does get him to SWAT, and that is why the hammer is short on the handle. Right. Uh, But my favorite part is when Sif gets her hair, she sees it, she takes it, and she leaves, and she's like, I'm done with this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have my hair. I'm I'm done. (laughs) But that was sort of... I mean, that was the origin behind... uh... It was the origin behind, uh, obviously, Sif's hair and Mjolnir, but I think it was also uh, Odin's spear, and was it Dropnir, the, the was it the bracelet or armlet or something that dripped uh, other, like, chunks of gold or whatever off of it uh, every day? Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of other sort of the, of those iconic sort of things that make Odin and Thor Odin and Thor, right? It's the mm-hmm. things that make them so so powerful and frightening, and it's like, oh, well... That all just happened because Loki's a jerk to dwarves, right? <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. I, did, I mean, it felt kind of human, though. Like, if you were married to Thor, I would think after a while you were kind of just like, I get it. It's it's frat jokes and and, <laughs> and stuff like that. I need I need to go now and you can keep being you. Right. And that was the thing. He could still be him. Like, it wasn't grow up or anything like that. But it's just like, I'm going to go do my life now.
1: Right. Especially when you're hanging out with Loki all the time. Yes.
2: (laughs) Many stories, Thor just knows that if there's any trouble, it's probably Loki that's to blame.
1: Yeah, I mean, that comes up a lot, right? Yep. Uh, To the point that sometimes Loki gets blamed for things that have nothing to do with Loki, but most of the time not. Like, most of the time he gets blamed, and it is his fault. And then he denies, denies, denies. uh, yeah, no, I don't, I have to say we there was a, a, a bunch of different stories here. It, it gave me a, a good sort of breadth of better understanding of Norse mythology. Um, and yet it, like, I don't know that it gave me more respect for the Norse myths, right? Because uh, if anything, it makes the gods less respect, respectable. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like, I don't think there was a single story that I didn't enjoy. I think they were all really good.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of, thing think, because you brought up the whole idea about um, contrasting this to, like, Greco-Roman myth. Right. And I think it's kind of one of those things where, like, so my understanding is a lot of those gods, at least in some time periods, were meant to be kind of ideals, or at least getting closer to that. Like, the goddess of love was more about, like, I don't know how to put it, mm-hmm. um, the ideal love or the ideal of beauty, um, where it didn't feel like the culture for the Norse ones were quite that same way.
1: No. It was basically like, here's why all these weird natural phenomena have taken place. Explaining it through people that are just like us. Right. <laughs> right? Like, the Vikings believed they could have been the gods, too, if there was a Loki running around that, that got them a bunch of magic items.
0: Right. And then, and then it's also kind of interesting... Because one of the things that start, stuck out to me is thinking in terms, again, back to the Greco-Roman stuff, is like the titans were like giants in some ways and stuff like that, too, is another way of thinking right. about, uh, for me, thinking about the stuff that was going on because uh, the, the giants were definitely very, very strong right <laughs> compared to even the gods, right? The gods weren't like the highest necessarily.
1: Yeah, and that's not what we're used to thinking about in terms of Western conceptions of gods, right? Right yeah great any other thoughts things you want to share things you want to discuss okay Can we wrap it up yeah all right that sounds good then I'm going to go ahead and call this the end of the episode mm-hmm. so it's time to say goodbye we want to say thanks to Noble Knight and all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash tomeshow and those of you who shop at Amazon and DMs Guild using our affiliate links at TheToMShow.com.
0: If you'd like to contact us, you can send an email to thetomeshow at gmail.com. You can call our bizline, 919biztome. That's 919 biztomei am Tracy um, at SarahDarkMagic and SarahDarkMagic.com. Jeff is at Squatch, S Q U A C H, or at The Show on Twitter. And Eric, where can people find you?
2: You can find me on Twitter at EricMpaq, Eric E R I C M P A Q awesome
0: and show notes and other great shows are available at thetomeshow.com
1: all right so that's our thoughts on norse mythology next up in august we're going to be reading star wars aftermath empire's end by chuck wendig uh the the third and final book of the star wars aftermath series until then keep turning the page tomites
0: I'm on the wall.